But the Bible says that it was there that the dear Lamb of God left the glory that he had above to bear it on dark Calvary. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. How I love that old cross where the dearest. And best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last. people any minute now the second session where the message is going to be delivered after that most powerful introduction is going to be up Praise the Lord, mightiest prophet of the Lord. Amen. Uh, beloved people, what a great blessing to come to you in your living rooms, into your university hostels. I know that lots of universities are tuned in, some of them in groups. What a big revival. And uh, I began the first session by blessing all the bishops, the archbishops out there, Junior Longo, Archbishop Bartle Cedar, and uh, all those that are laboring in the vineyard of holiness. And I may not have gone through the entire list, but the Lord bless you all. And I know that in Kenya here, people are gathered in different groups. It's such a big revival. You could call it the word explosion global. 2018. But in the first segment, the first session that I called introduction, we had two sets, two segments of that introduction, two parts. And the one I completed with is where now the Lord is addressing himself to the overcomers. 
it's a deliberate conversation with them. He sets out deliberately to address them, to talk to them, and to see the God of heaven to set out to talk to the overcomers deliberately like that, and openly and publicly, and promise them things in the public, things that define the secrets of eternal life in heaven. That means they are really such an important aspect of the coming kingdom of God Almighty. They tower out very, very high. That's why now, in this second part of the conversation, when we get now to enter into the heart of the conversation, I now want to give the title of this conversation the title of this conversation is The Pillars of God. The Pillars of God. The Pillars of God's Temple. The Pillars of God's Temple. So I want to talk about these pillars having gone through um, the first part where the Lord was addressing himself and promising the overcomers, promising promising the other, and so forth. But now the pillars of God. And I'm going to center our conversation on the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 12. I, just, I said to you just a few minutes ago that I'll pull out one of them and then get an in-depth study and look into it and reveal a few things that the Lord has already dispensed in the book of Revelation, awaiting their entry into heaven. Now, in our reference scripture, the book of Revelation, chapter 3, we will turn to verse 12. Revelation, chapter 3, verse 12. And he says, Him who overcomes I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the New Jerusalem, and he says, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. So I want to pull out this particular aspect of uh, the conversation that the Lord was having with the overcomers. And then you see now that in this particular part here that I've pulled out now, he promises a few things, a few things are promised here, deliberate things, specific things. He says, again, in verse 12, he promises them that he will make a pillar, and he promises them write the name of his God on them and the name of the city of Jerusalem, the new city of Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem and he promises to write his new name there, his hidden name in fact a secret name and if I read in the book of the, the same Revelation 3 verse 12 and I'm reading now Amplified he says him that overcometh, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New, Jeru which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. So that is amazing, beloved people. So right 
to add there before we touch on anything else. He's telling us that there are certain things about Christ the Messiah that this generation is not even aware of. I have said that for the many times the Lord God Almighty has taken me into heaven, into his glorious kingdom to give me instruction on this mission of preparing the church, I have said there is so much that I have seen in heaven that he has not even allowed me to share. There is so much about heaven, about the throne, about about uh, the creatures around the throne, about the 24 thrones, about the personalities. There's so much. There's so much there that the glory that he has not allowed me to share. So one of the big things that you really bring home in this initial stage of this conversation is that when the church that enters heaven will enter heaven, there are certain things that will shock you very, very much about the Lord and about heaven. There are certain things that will shock you unbelievable. I shared one time uh, when I gave the prophecy of the release of the black horse, when I said one of the creatures came from the throne from where the Father, God the Father and the Lamb are seated, and that creature, when he came, is like an ox. But his face is man. And super glorious and absolutely glorious, glorious, I can't describe the details, and big face. So I'm just saying that there are certain things that will really shock you when you get to heaven that you had not known. And one of them, he says here, is that Christ the Messiah... In Revelation 3.12, Christ the Messiah has a sat, another name, a hidden name, that when you come to heaven, only then will you know. Some of you will be so shocked, it will have to redefine redemption. You will even wonder, who then was this that came down to redeem us? Some of you, will, when the reality hits you, you will, I think the entire church, they will fall down and begin to weep forever. You know, Because then you realize that the Messiah has another name. And this is not the topic of the discussion today, because we're going to talk about the pillars. But I'm just touching the periphery around this conversation, because if you see the book of Revelation 19, he underscores the same thing, verse 2, verse 12. Revelation 19, verse 12. He underscores the same very thing when he says, His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows, but only he himself. So you will find that the Messiah has another name in heaven. So that will shock you quite a bit. Very much. And you remember when God the Father came to talk to me about the rapture of the church? And he said, Melchizedek's day is known as the day of life. So again, that is also amazing, because then you understand that, wow, heaven refers to the day of the rapture, the day of the coming of the Messiah, the day of the gathering of the saints, the day of the taking of the overcomers, he regards that day. Heaven refers to that day, calls that day the day of life. He said, Melchizedek's day is known as the day of life. He calls it Melchizedek's day, the day of life. So this is the same thing he's underscoring here, that there is so much secret of heaven. I, I know only what he has shown me, but there is so much in heaven. I know so much that he has not allowed me to share. But you can imagine the day the church enters heaven and she's like, wow, this is heaven. I did not know this. Then why did we waste time on the earth and become deluded and confused and lied to by the enemy? When there is so much here like this that you cannot even compare one trillionth of this to anything of the earth. And so this is just part of the beginning of this conversation where he mentions a new name. But I want to talk about the pillars tonight. The pillars. Because God says, I will make a pillar 
I will make a pillar. God wants to make a pillar. When he meets the overcomer, now you hear the Lord saying, I will make a pillar. Now God wants to make a pillar. He wants to make a pillar. That is where I want to center our conversation today. He now wants to make a pillar. He says, I will now make a pillar. I will make a pillar. When he, to he who overcomes, I will make a pillar. God now says, I will make a pillar. He wants to make a pillar. He wants to make a pillar in heaven, a pillar in his temple. And we know too well that pillars are support systems. Pillars are very powerful. They support the building. So this goes a long way to begin now to lay gravity and weight on this group of people called the overcomers. That when he sees them like this, when he encounters them, then he says, okay, now I will make a pillar. He just wants to make a pillar now. Nothing less. I will make a pillar in the temple. Hmm? I will make a pillar. God wants to make a pillar. Let me first join the two, the overcoming and the making of a pillar together, by making reference to some events that take place on the earth here, to bring it home to perspective, to bring it into context that you may begin to develop your own personal narratives and envisaging of this this special class called overcomers. He treasures them so much that when he meets them, he encounters them, he says, now I will make a pillar, nothing less. Isn't that so astounding, beloved people? But to bring the point to perspective here, right on the earth here, you know that when buildings are constructed, pillars are built. Pillars have to be built, and they really dig down to the core. You would have to dig down to the core and meet a stone, a rock, whatever it is. That's when you raise your pillar from that point on. And I'm saying that to he that overcomes, and you see, let's take a building on the earth here, and then a tsunami comes, a storm comes, an earthquake comes, a hurricane comes. And when those phenomena, those disaster phenomena come, a tsunami, a hurricane, a storm, an earthquake, a tornado, whatever it is, a tablor, a big quake, a big hurricane, whatever it is. When those phenomena come and strike a place, The quality of the pillar is put to test. Because you find that only strong pillars remain standing. Even though the buildings and the roofs are swept away, but only strong pillars remain standing. They that overcome, I will make a pillar. That is very powerful. That when the tsunami comes, and they that will overcome remain standing on this earth in their faith, I will make a pillar. Now God wants to make a pillar. God Almighty Jehovah Yahweh, tonight he says, I I will make a pillar. He now wants to make a pillar. And he says, only strong pillars always remain standing after a storm. And that is what goes a long way to prove their quality, the quality of the pillar, the material that was used to build the pillar, and how deep the pillar had gone down and launched on the rock. He now says, I will make a pillar when he meets the overcomers. In other words, he's saying, when the, when the, when the rain, when the raging storm of apostasy comes and really sweeps across the spiritual landscape, when the raging storm of an earthquake, a hurricane, 
a major hurricane, a major tsunami, a major quake comes and sweeps through the spiritual landscape. And everything is torn down. And those that remain standing, he says, now I will make a pillar. Those that overcome. Those that overcome apostasy. Those that overcome the moral decay that's raging and sweeping everybody down. When he meets them, then he says, now that's all right. Now I want to make a pillar. Now I will make a pillar. I will make a pillar for the temple of God in heaven. Isn't that amazing, beloved people? Oh, I've said so much right there. He's saying that those that overcome the apostasy of this time, the sinfulness of this world, the moral decay of this world, the immorality that is rife, that has swept and put down almost every single church, that has really wobbled the pulpit. He says that when he meets those that after that storm of apostasy has raged on and everybody's down, those that remain standing, those that overcome and remain standing, when he sees them, he says, now I will make a pillar. Now you hear the Lord say, I will make a pillar for the temple in heaven. How awesome to be an overcomer. God now wants to make a pillar. A pillar in the temple of God in heaven. Meaning, based on what they did on the earth, based on how they executed their lives on the earth, when he sees that they are now overcomers, zealous and steadfast, and they have overcome the enemy and the world, and they remain standing, then he says, now I will make a pillar. Now God wants to make a pillar. Meaning they are unshakable. They are the support systems of the faith, of the church. They are the post. They remain standing upright. And if you ask me to define what a pillar is, what that pillar would be, a pillar is a strong column made of metal for supporting a building. So you can imagine what these overcomers do in the house of the Lord. He says, by definition, a pillar is a strong column made of metal for supporting a building. So you can imagine the overcomers, what they are, to the house. He says, a strong vertical column made of strong metal that supports the building, either alone or in concert with other pillars. So you can imagine what the overcomers are in the house of the Lord. And he says, a pillar can also be a standalone decoration or an ornamental pillar that adds value and beauty to the building. Hey. Look at that, beloved people, a pillar. In other words, the pillar, based on just those three definitions I've laid before you on a pillar, God wants to make a pillar, but I want us to dig deep and understand how is he going to make this pillar? Who are these people he's going to use that when he meets them, he says right away, the fact that I've encountered these people, the overcomers, now I want to make a pillar. God now wants to make a pillar in heaven, using them. Who are these people then? And I'm going a long way in defining all this for you. And you see that a strong column, made of metal for supporting the house. <laughs> a strong vertical column, made of strong metal, remember the word strong is being emphasized, that supports a building, either alone or in synergy with other pillars. We have one pillar in this corner, another corner, another corner, another corner, and then they support it, support the roof. Hey. 
And he says, the pillars are the ones that also bring beauty to the house. So they can be a standalone pillar for decoration in the house or an ornamental pillar, and they add value and beauty to the building. That when you look at it, say, wow, what a beautiful pillar that has been raised to give beauty here. How powerful, beloved people. In other words, to summarize all that, he says a pillar is staunch, staunch, staunch Christian. The overcomers that he sees when he meets them and he right away sees the raw material for a pillar. He says, this person is material for a pillar in the kingdom of God, in the temple of God in heaven, nothing less. They are staunch believers, believers that remain standing. They are the loyal believers, just like pillars are in a house. Pillars are loyal to the house. They never give way. They remain standing even in the height of storm. So he says, these Christians, the believers that the Father, when he meets, after they have survived the storm, the current ongoing storm of apostasy, and they remain standing, he says, they are staunch Christians. They are loyal. They are trustworthy. They are committed Christians. They are devoted Christians. They are dedicated Christians. They are dependable Christians that the house can depend on no matter the storm. They are reliable Christians. They are steady Christians. They are constant Christians. You'll always find them there. They change not. They are steadfast. They last the length of time. They are stable Christians. They are resolute Christians. They are unwavering Christians. They are unswerving Christians. They are unhesitant Christians. They are unfaltering Christians. And you can go on and on and on and on with your list on this special class of Christians. How powerful, beloved people. And because I went through at high speed, let me repeat this, because I know a lot of people globally are making notes. These believers, that when the Father meets them, having survived the raging storm of apostasy, you come and you find them still standing. He says, they are staunch Christians, they are loyal Christians, trustworthy Christians, committed Christians, devoted Christians, devout Christians, dedicated Christians, dependable Christians, reliable believers, steadfast Christians, constant believers, constant Christians, steadfast Christians, steady Christians, stable Christians, resolute Christians, unwavering Christians, unswerving Christians, unhesitating Christians, unhesitant, they are unfaltering. How powerful, beloved people. Now we are beginning to understand the character and nature of the people called overcomers based on how the Father addresses himself to them. This is very powerful. Based on how the Father addresses himself to them. Now you can tell. And when he meets them, in meeting them to be of that character, he says right away, God says, I will make a pillar. I will make a pillar. I will make a pillar. Will I make a pillar, he says. I will make a pillar. Hey. And so let us walk step by step, beloved people, as we open up this conversation for you, that you may, may get a greater in-depth into these Christians, the overcomers, just based on one aspect. That when God sees them, he says, I will make a pillar. I will make a pillar. Let me just give a little example before I go further, before I push it to the next realm. In the book of Galatians chapter 2, verse 9. Galatians chapter 2, verse 9. Again, the book of Galatians chapter 2, verse 9. Galatians chapter 2, verse 9. This is what he says. 
Galatians chapter 2, verse 9, and it is gateway. This is what he says. He says, chapter 2, verse 9, and he goes on to say, as I find it already says, so those who have faith are blessed along, again, that's for chapter 3, please, chapter 2, verse 9, talks about these pillars. Verse 9 says, it says, James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace upon me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles while they to the Jews. So that's a very powerful shootout. That's a very powerful section I pulled out, the pullout, where he is also describing the pillars in a certain way. He's saying that Peter, James, Peter, and John, those who are reputed to be pillars in the house. How powerful. King James, he says, and when James, again he says, and when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hand to fellowship, right hand of fellowship, and we, that we should go unto the heathen, and they unto the circumcision. So, very powerful. Again, a pull out on these overcomers, when God addresses himself to them, that upon just encountering, looking at them like this, he says, I will make a pillar. I will make a pillar. I will make a pillar. And so, this is very powerful. Because you see that it takes on a dimension that they are really pillars in the house. They support the house. But wait a minute. The Bible talks about pillars. And I want to begin to explore this so that we may be able to understand how is the Lord planning to build the pillar? He is planning to build his pillars now. When he meets this overcomer, now he wants to build a pillar. How is God planning to build this pillar? I want to walk you stepwise in the Bible, there are pillars, so that you may, the purpose of this is that you may be able to see the unveiling and the unfolding revelation about the overcomers. And the secrets of the eternity that God the Father, God Almighty, and His Christ and the Holy Spirit have prepared for the overcomers in the eternal kingdom of heaven. How powerful, beloved people. So the Bible talks about pillars. Let us first pursue that so that we, we may develop a bearing, a perspective into why God wants to build a pillar with them. So what material are they then? Who are these people called the overcomers? So turn with me to the book of Genesis 28. Genesis 28, beloved people. Verse 18. The book of Genesis 28, verse 18. The book of Genesis chapter 28, verse 18. God wants to build a pillar. Let's see in the Bible how pillars are built. And get a deeper insight into these overcomers that make up the building material, that build pillars. They build pillars. In heaven. They make up the building material in heaven. God wants to build a pillar with them. Who are they? Genesis 28, verse 18, it says the following. 
says, early the next morning, Jacob took the stone. Okay, let me pull it back a bit, a little bit, so you may have perspective here. When Jacob woke up again, let's pull it from verse, uh, we can start from verse 10. We have time. Let's read the Bible. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haram. Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on earth, on the earth, with his top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above, it stood, there above it stood the Lord. He said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Mark 14. Your descendants will be expected out of the earth and you spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go and I'll bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done that what I have promised you. And then it says, verse 15, when Jacob woke up from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. I was not aware of it. He was afraid, and he said, how awesome is this? This is none other than the house of the Lord. This is the gate to heaven. The gate of heaven. Verse 18. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone that he had placed under his head and set up, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on it. He called the place Bethel, though the city used to be called this. The house of God. This is very powerful. Abai Sheli, my home. Bethel. The home of El God. So you are seeing here the Lord beginning stepwise. He says, when he used the overcomers, he says, this is too good. I will make a pillar. I will make a pillar. I will make a pillar here. On this one, I will make a pillar. And we see that Jacob sets up the pillar because of the visitation. He meets this place and he meets this favor here. And then he sets up a pillar as a memorial, a memory. A memory. He says, this is too good. I have to make a memorial with this. And so it is when God the Father comes down here and finds that despite the raging storm, the storm of apostasy in the church, the storm of apostasy in the whole world, the storm of the moral decay, immorality, 
you see globally, when he meets the storm, when he meets those that have gone through the storm, the passive storm of Satan, and they remain standing, the storm of the lies of this hour, the deception of this hour, the moral decay, the immorality, the false prophecies, false apostles, the falsehood, the liars, the lies, the rot in the church. And after all of the above storms are passed, and it comes and it and finds them standing, still first, still standing. He says, this is too good. I have to make a pillar. I will make a pillar here. Why? Because I want there to be a memorial here, a memory here. I want to remember this. This is so awesome. I must make a pillar here now. Hey. Are you beginning to understand the people that are called overcomers? That when the Lord meets them after the storms of sin and wickedness that is sweeping the earth right now, when the Lord meets them, and they still remain standing up. Everybody is down. Everybody has bought into false apostles. They have bought into false prophets. When you meet them, the first thing I want to introduce you to this apostle. They have bought into that. They have sold in. They have sold into this. They have bought into it. And then he finds one who is still standing. He says, this is too awesome. I will make a pillar. I will make a memorial here. I have to remember this. This has to be a lasting memory, this one. Oy. And he poured oil on the capital of the pillar. That means the roof. The top of the pillar is called the capital. He poured oil on it to consecrate it, to decree that this is holy. Oy. I will make a pillar. When God sees the overcomers, when the, the, the tsunamis of apostasy have passed, the tsunamis of moral decay, the falling away from true faith has come. When he meets them, he says, this is too strong, this is too good, I will make a pillar. I will make a pillar. I have to make a pillar here. I, will make a, I have to make a memorial here. There has to be a memory here. This is too awesome. I can't live this. This can't pass like this. You now begin to understand who the overcomers are. Powerful people. And he says, when you look at Genesis 12, verses 6 to 8, Abraham had been here. Somehow Abraham had been in the same area. But Jacob comes and does this. But let's go to Genesis 31, 44 to 45. Another pillar. Genesis 31, 44 to 45. So when you go into the Bible and you begin to look at how the pillars used to be constructed in the days of old, and those pillars in the days of old, the value, the value they stood for, what they delivered. Then you begin to understand why the Lord addresses himself to the overcomers in these terms of, I will make a pillar. When he meets them, say, on this one, I will make a pillar. Sorry. Now the question then becomes to the Church of Christ, to all of you that are tuned in globally, and today I see hundreds and hundreds of cities, hundreds, many hundreds of cities tuned in, and in every city of like thousands of people, sometimes hundreds also listening. So the question to you that are tuned in across the globe is that when God Almighty Jehovah Yahweh looks at you, do you think he says, does he say when he looks at you, is he able to say, this is too awesome, I will make a pillar? Does he call for the making of a pillar, a memorial? When he encounters, as a Christian, beloved people, 
Isn't that the $64 million question? That when the Lord looks at you as a Christian minister, a lawyer, a doctor, a nurse, a teacher, just a housewife, a widow, an orphan, just a worker, a field worker, a chamber boy, a house, a technician, electrician, police officer, banker, president, prime minister, member of parliament, politicians, whatever the case be, when God looks at you, is God able to say, I will make a pillar? This is too awesome. I have to make a pillar. I will make a memorial. I must. When God looks at the present-day church of this generation, is he able to say, this is too awesome, I will make it here. I must. So when you go through the Bible and understand the narrative and the symbolism and the value that the pillars that were constructed delivered, then you are now able to bring home to understand better why the Lord Yahweh addresses himself this way when he meets the overcomer. He says, I will make a pillar. I will make a pillar. On this one, I have to make a I must make a pillar. I will make a pillar. Genesis 31, 44 to 45. And he says, in 44, Come now, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it serve us as a witness between us. And he goes on to say, So Jacob took a stone and set up a pillar. So in this conversation Jacob is having with Laban, it's a, it's a whole narrative there, but I've taken only the scripture. He says, on this matter we have discussed, come let us make a covenant. And then the symbol and the memorial for that lasting covenant is a pillar. Oh, yes, yes. A pillar. He says, the pillar also stands not only for the memorial, but a covenant, a lasting covenant between two parties. That when I will meet an overcomer, says the Lord, I will make a pillar. On this one, I will make a pillar. This one now, I have to, on this one, I have to set up a lasting covenant. A lasting monument. In other words, he lays the pillar now as a monument of that covenant of God's favor. Hey. He lay there, he took a stone and placed under his head and slept. And then heaven opened, he saw the leather of Jacob, and then he saw angels ascending and descending from heaven and back and forth like this. And up there was standing the Lord himself, and the Lord by voice spoke with him. The same God that spoke with me today here by voice, a few hours ago, the same God. And when the Lord spoke with him, he said, on this one, I have to raise a pillar. I will make a pillar. I will raise a memorial to remember this as a memory. I have to build a monument here that God has favor with me, of God's favor with me. This is too awesome. I have to raise a pillar. So the pillar is also a symbol of covenant. It's a monument of favor. God comes to the earth and he finds the overcomers have stood. The storms have come. Everybody has gone down. They have remained standing. Then he says, I have favor here. These people have treated me favorably. They have treated my mission on the earth to vanquish sin, to destroy sin. My agenda on the earth they have treated me with favor. They have treated me well. They have considered me in their dealings, and they have remained standing. On this one, I have to raise a memorial. I must build a pillar. I will make a pillar. 
to remember it forever and ever. Never to forget these people again. Oh, that is very powerful, beloved people. And I am reading the book of Genesis 26, verse 28. We are still gravitating around the same book of Genesis. Just oscillating back and forth. When you move backwards a little bit, you get now, you move back a little bit, you get... Uh, you get uh, Genesis 26, verse 28. Look what it says, 26, 28. It says, They answered, We saw clearly that the Lord was with you. So we said, There ought to be a sworn argument between us between us and you. Let us make a treaty with you that you will do to us no harm just as we do not we do not molest you but always treat you well and send you away in peace. And now you are blessed by the Lord. Why do I read this? I'm saying that at times when you raise a pillar, pillars are raised, I say it as a memorial, a memory, and consecrated as you saw, you poured oil on it, meaning a holy memorial, and a lasting monument, I say it, of God's favor, these people treated God favorably, so God is treating them favorably by raising a pillar. I will make a pillar, he says. Of God's favor. And I said, as a covenant. And now here, having read Genesis 26, 28, pillars are constructed also as a witness between two parties. A witness. That this pillar now will be the witness between I and you. But Jehovah, the faithful one, the ultimate authority, when he found that the storm of sin and wickedness and decay and apostasy and had swept through the entire landscape of the world, and some Christian believers were still standing, holding on to the mission of God on the earth like this, holy and righteous to God, righteous to the Lord, and holy unto him. Then he says, I will make a pillar here as a witness between the poor. That you did good to me. And now I am being good to you. I have to be good to you. And the two of us are now good to one another. We are friends forever. I in the Father's house. Never to leave it again. Genesis 24, verse 4, I finish. With this first segment, beloved people, Genesis 24, verse 4, he says, Genesis 24, verse 4, but you will go to my country and my own relatives, again, but you will go to my country and my own relatives, and again, and get a wife. For my son Isaac. That, that's a bit out of the curve. I don't want to bring it in now. A bit later. So very powerful, beloved people. What have we seen until now? We have seen the following. We have seen that when the Lord comes to the earth, and he is very much aware that there is a raging storm of a apostasy on the earth today. Everybody is caught up in it. Even the house of the Lord. Then the Lord looks around for those who have remained standing unshakable and owing to their loyalty and trustworthy and commitment and devotion and dedication and dependability and reliability, and steadiness, and constancy, and steadfastness, and strength.
owing to their unshakeability, he looks around and when he finds them standing, unshakable, then he decides that he is going to make a pillar as a memorial of their good work, how they have considered God in their lives, how they prioritized him and they really considered him. They were so considerate of him. They treated God with favor. So he too now will build a memorial to remember this goodness they've been to him. He'll pour oil on to consecrate it. And he'll build a lasting monument to present the relationship between the two to also stand for God's favor on them as overcomers. And he will pick that pillar as a lasting covenant with them, never to break it into eternity of the eternities. And that pillar also becomes the witness between the two. They themselves now, the pillar, and the witness between them and the ultimate power, Jehovah Elohim, and the Lamb and the Holy Spirit. And he says, the entire lesson we learned there is that whenever the Lord shows concessions of mercy and favor unto men, then we must always be called to return to duty to help in accomplishing his mission on the earth. That's why you see the stone is laid now, the pillar is laid, the temple is laid. For, for Jacob, he built a temple there. He became Bethel, the house of the Lord. And for us now, the temple is missed. We are called to duty to worship. And the sacrifice will be offered there. How powerful, beloved people. That now, looking at how pillars were being constructed in the Bible, we are able to understand deeper this transaction between Jehovah Elohim and these special people, special believers, special Christians called overcomers. That when he meets them and he says, wow, I have met you. This is how much you stood. Wow, you're unshakable. Wow, you considered me so much. This is how much you have been considered to me while you lived your life in the decaying earth. Then I will consider you too now. I will make a pillar. I must make a pillar. On this one, I must make a pillar. I will make a pillar on this one. And in advancing this, beloved people, when we come back, I want to look at certain two pillars. We're going to take a short worship break again that will last five to seven minutes. When we come back, I now want to enter the thick of it. I am going to entitle this Hiram's Duty. And I'll look at Hiram's Duty. And then that's the title. Then I'll look at some two very special pillars and how they were built when the Lord decided and said, I will make a pillar. When God wants to make a pillar, what does he do? And how does that reveal to us this special class of believers called the overcomers? May the Lord bless you. Shalom Todah. Sacrifice of praise. Humbly kneel before your throne in worship. I adore, Lamb of God, be glorified. You're so holy, Lord, this Lamb who once was slain. All heaven magnifies your name. Humbly kneel before your throne and worship, 